Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord the God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. May God bless the reading of this word. Today, Jeffrey, Pastor Jeffrey Arthurs will preach on the topic of parents. Let's hear what the Lord has to share with us through Pastor Jeff. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, my friends at Crossbridge. We've been looking at the family, trying to be a Christian family in 2021, and we've been looking at each member of the household, uh, husbands and wives, and next week, children, and today, parents. We have just a couple of verses to look at, but we're try we'll try to drill down on them and see how the Lord will communicate and minister to us. Let me give some background before we look at those verses. First of all, a theological background. When we look at the teaching in the book of uh, Ephesians and Colossians on how to be a good parent, it's set in a whole theology, and we can summarize the theology by saying uh, roots and branches. Here's what I mean. God's character and God's actions toward us, his actions of grace and power and wisdom and mercy, God's character and action, that is the life, that's the, uh, for, from which we spring with our own character, our own action, our own spiritual lives, roots and branches. For example, um, be generous, that would be the command, that's, you know, what we're supposed to do. Why? What's the theological reasoning behind this? Because he is generous and his life flows into us. You see that there in 2 Corinthians. When it comes to the family, the theological soil and the roots are embedded in this fact, we are in the Lord. We are united with Christ. His righteousness is ours. His standing with the Father is ours. Not because we deserve it or, you know, we've, we've done anything so great, but we've been grafted in to this vine and his life is ours. We are in the Lord. Therefore, we conduct ourselves in the house a certain way. Parents and children and husbands and wives and fathers and mothers today. So that's the uh, theological background that we, that these commands in Ephesians and Colossians arise out of. Colossians um, 3, 3 and 4 put it this way, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ uh, uh, in God. Your life is hidden. It is tucked away. It is uh, joined with Christ uh, in God. 
When it comes to the family, you see this truth, this theological background in the Lord. Uh, Wives, um, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. His character, his love, his sacrifice, that's, that's in you too, husbands. So let it out. Actuate this life of Christ. Uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Parents, bring up your kids in the training and admonition of the Lord, and so forth. Slaves, obey just as you would to Christ. Uh, Obey as slaves of Christ. Um, uh, Masters, you have a master in heaven, so let that truth animate you with your own action, roots, and branches. That's what it means to be in the Lord in the household. So may I ask you, Are you in the Lord? Do you belong to him? By faith, have you repented of your sin and turned to him and asked him to save you? That's what it means to be in the Lord, united with Christ. His life becomes your life. If you are not in the Lord, if you you kind of doubt it, you don't know where you stand with God, uh, that's perfectly understandable, and, and certainly always uh, everybody's welcome at Crossbridge. But bridge, but we do want to uh, exhort you and urge you to turn from your sin and believe in Him. You could just say something simple, Lord. I'm on the wrong path. I'm my life's going the wrong way. Maybe my family's going the wrong way, but I turn from my part in that brokenness. And I believe in you, and I ask you to save me, and I ask you to save my family. I trust you. And if you pray that, and if you mean that, and believe that, and turn to follow him, you are in the Lord. So that's the theological background for this uh, teaching uh, to parents. You might use a different figure. You might use the figure of a foundation. This is the foundation, the theological foundation behind our particular commands and our obedience. In 1958, in a mining town south of Pittsburgh uh, called Upper St. Clair, they built a new civic center. It had the post office, and it had the fire station, and it had uh, government offices, and they were proud of their new new civic center. But within a few months, cracks started to appear in the mortar, and windows were hard to shut, and doors uh, doors were uh, stiff and wouldn't shut. So they called in the engineers. What'd you guys do? You know, uh, did you build us a good building here? And the engineers studied, and they looked at everything, and they said, the building is fine, but underground subterranean shock waves from mining uh, miles away had sent vibrations through this strata and they had shifted slightly the the foundation of the new civic center and in the words of the engineers it's no use fixing cracks if the foundation isn't sure 
So our foundation is we are in the Lord. Are you in the Lord? It will be very difficult to fulfill this teaching on being a good parent if you're not in the Lord. But with our union with Christ, you can do it because it's his life working through you. Okay, theological foundation, we are in the Lord. I hope that helps us grasp how to conduct ourselves in the household in the Lord. Second set of background is culture. And uh, Jeff mentioned this a few weeks ago, but these teachings, these couple of verses on parenting, Ephesians and Colossians, they're part of what you might call a household code or a household table. These were very common in the ancient world in sort of a philosophical and wisdom literature. And it would just laid out the responsibilities of fathers and mothers and husbands and wives and, yes, servants in that time. And they called it a household code or table. Well, the New Testament, like Ephesians and Colossians, picks up on that cultural form. And we see a bunch of these in the New Testament. You have a, a list there. And um, it takes that form and it baptizes it and it Christianizes it, and it shows what the roles of husbands and wives and everybody in the household, it shows what those roles look like, not just culturally, but in the Lord. In some ways, the New Testament's use of these household tables is very conservative and very traditional. It looks kind of like the literature of that day, but in other ways, it is very... uh, radical, and it turns things, the household, it turns it on its head. One commentator uh, named Copenhaver says, in the Christian household, uh, or the, 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 the household code in the book of Colossians is surprisingly benign, but shockingly subversive. Looks pretty much with fathers and mothers and everything, But if you read and if you dig down, you see, boy, being alive in Christ and being in the Lord really is a different economy and a different household. Shockingly subversive, he says. So is Christianity conservative or liberal? Is it uh, traditional or is it innovative? Uh, Yes, but actually it's a third way, isn't it? It's not just conservative, like in some cultures, even in the world today, maybe in the Middle East or in Africa. It it borrows from that. It It has elements of that, but it's not just that. Neither is it totally, you know, liberal and free for all, although it's very innovative, shockingly subversive. So I don't know if it's either. Maybe it's best to say it's a third way. It's a it's not one or the other. It's a third way. It's God's way, and it is a beautiful way, in our case, for how parents are to bring up their kids. So that's some uh, background, cultural background for uh, our verses. All right, then. With that in mind, then, what is the actual teaching? The actual teaching, then, just two verses, Ephesians 6, 4, Colossians 3, 21, fathers... Do not exasperate your children, 
but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And then very similar in another household code uh, in Colossians, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become disturbed, uh, discouraged. That's the teaching. I'll come back to it in a moment. But let me ask, first of all, who is being addressed here? Well, the Greek word is pateros. We translate that fathers. It can be translated parents. It is translated. It does mean parents in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. It's talking about Moses' parents, and it uses this word. But generally speaking, it means fathers. It probably is singling out or placing special emphasis on fathers in our passage because a different word is used in Ephesians 6.1. It's not pateris. It's another word that does mean actual parents. But here it's the word pateris and it singles out fathers. Well, it's applicable to both sets of parents, but maybe special attention to fathers. And that raises the question, why? Why fathers in particular? Well, maybe once again because of culture, Roman culture, Roman law. In that day, here's, here's how uh, this household code is shockingly subversive. In that day, the culture said fathers had dictatorial power in the household. The Roman law was called patria potestas, and it was literally the power of life and death over the children in the household. I don't think there are many cases where a father uh, mandated death, but it was on the books, and it was possible, and it did happen sometimes. This father's um, dictatorial power was complete. When the child was born, they would set it at the feet of the father, and if he picked it up, it would live. If he turned away, it would die. They would uh, target it for death, often by exposure, just set it out on the street or throw it away, throw it into a river. That was the power. As I say, I don't know that they used it. I don't know there's a lot of instances, but that was the law. And we do have statements like this from the culture of the, of the day. This is an actual letter uh, in 1 BC. Uh, Hilarion to his wife, Alice, says, Heartiest greetings. Note that we are still in Alexandria. Do not worry if when all others return, I remain in Alexandria. I beg and beseech you to take care of the little child. And as soon as we receive wages, I will send them to you. If you have another child, if it is a boy, let it live. If it is a girl, expose it. Seneca a great philosopher, a contemporary of the Apostle Paul said, we slaughter a fierce ox, we strangle a mad dog, we plunge a knife into a sick cow. Children born weak or deformed, we drown. 
Wow. Perhaps a little too contemporary in North American culture. And into that culture breaks the kingdom of God. Are you countercultural today? Because some segments of our culture say child rearing, that is not for fathers. Absentee fatherism, that that's you know, that's that's our culture. It's perfectly acceptable. Don't worry about that. Let the women deal with it. Let the mothers deal with it. And God says, no way. Where'd you get that? That's not my way. That's not my household. You are in the Lord. And so there's nurture and protection and discipline and attention and faithfulness. But into the culture of the day breaks this third way, the kingdom of God, the Christian household. Hey, what about single parents? Uh, what can we say to single parents? Here's what we can say to single parents. God bless you. This is tough. You're playing uh, the whole role of, uh, of parenthood, and it is very tough. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and be with you. And I hope and I pray that our church can help make up what may be lacking perhaps to be a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. But let's serve one another and look out for each other and help bear the burdens of one another. So who has addressed um, parents? Maybe special attention to fathers. Why special attention to father? Well, maybe the culture of the day. But God says to pateras, uh, Bring up your kids in the Lord. All right. Now, the teaching itself. Let's, let's get into that, those couple of verses uh, itself. What are fathers, parents, what are we supposed to not do? We are not to XD, XD, E-X-D-I. What in the world does that mean? It's right there in the text. Fathers, do not exasperate. That's the X. Do not exasperate your children but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Don't do that. Don't exasperate them. Fathers, Colossians, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. That's our D-I, discouraged. Don't exasperate. Don't embitter them or they will be discouraged. Do not XD. The word exasperate means, um, as our English word means, to provoke, to anger, to enrage, to exasperate. The only other time that word is used in the New Testament is actually in the book of Romans, and it's talking about God, uh, how idol worship provokes him and exasperates him. Um, he's angry when he sees idol worship. Fathers, don't do that. Don't drive them crazy. Don't exasperate your kids. Do not discourage them, X-D-D-I, do not discourage them. Some kids become angry. Other kids become discouraged. Some kids flare up. Others wilt. Some kids uh, strike back. Other kids roll over on their backs. Fathers, do not discourage. Do not embitter your children that leads to discouragement. 
I think of uh, Julian Lennon, who, when he was five years old, his father, John Lennon, abandoned him. At 35 years of age, Julian Lennon said, I felt he, my father, I felt he was a hypocrite. Dad could talk about peace and love out loud to the world, but he could never show it to the people who supposedly meant the most to him, his wife and son. How can you talk about peace and love and have a family in bits and pieces? No communication, adultery, divorce. You can't do it. He sounds to me embittered and discouraged. It started when he was five years old, probably started before he was five years old. And reflecting on it, that sounds sort of like uh, Ephesians and Colossians. Do not exasperate your children. Do not embitter them or they will become discouraged. Well, how do we do this? How do we, how do we exasperate our kids? <laughs> Make your own list. Here's my list. Bullying, especially verbal bullying. Parents are smarter than kids, or at least we have more life experience. We have more verbal ability and we can dominate them verbally. I'm afraid that I did that pretty regularly. Injustice. You know, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. It drives kids crazy. Hypocrisy, saying one thing, doing another, that'll, that'll discourage them. Favoritism, mom always liked you best. Never praising, only criticizing. Mocking their problems. Their problems seem childish because they are children, but don't mock. They're very real. They felt or very keenly felt. Humiliation, even, even humiliating in front of other siblings. This will exasperate kids. Not keeping our promises. Not admitting when we're wrong. Using love as a reward. Uh, withholding love as a punishment, a verbal abuse, physical abuse, neglect. These are the, some of the ways that we might uh, exasperate our children. I, as I mentioned, I don't think I did well with this as I reflect on my parenting. Um, and my heart is with you, parents, as you're still in the midst of this uh, this tall, a crucial task of parenting. May God bless you. In fact, can we just pause? I'd like to pray for you. My heart is with you. I just want to pray for you. Lord, please help our parents. It's very difficult. It's a tough job. And all of us are lacking. Please help them. Because we are in Christ and we have his wisdom and his character and, and all the grace and forgiveness and all the things we need. Please help our parents and please help us as a body to help each other also. In Jesus' name, amen. Do not exasperate 
or discourage your children. All right, let's turn the corner in our verses. We have a strong conjunction here. Do not do this, but. So what's the positive? Do do this. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So this is the positive. What should fathers slash parents do? Bring them up in the, uh, in Indy, that's the instruction and the DI discipline of the Lord. So you can remember this. Don't do XD, do do uh, Indy, instruction and discipline of the Lord. The word instruction um, is uh, our same word for admonish. It means to call attention to, to bring to mind, to caution, to warn. So we want to give our kids the benefit of our parental experience, your, your knowledge, your expertise, your own walk with God. Give them the benefit of this kind of instruction. How do we do that? Well, in a formal way, you could do it with things like family devotions. You look at a passage of scripture and talk about it briefly. You could memorize verses together. You could catechize your children, you know, teach them the faith, question and answer. Um, Redeemer Presbyterian in New York City has a terrific new catechism designed for parents. But form formally, we can instruct them with tools like that. Uh, informally, we can just walk and talk, just hang out, just be with our children. That's the, the Deuteronomy passage that we heard in our scripture reading, isn't it? Uh, let these commandments, let this teaching be on your heart, and then teach them and instruct your children when you rise up and when you go to bed and when you're walking and working and talking and eating, just informally. But, but what's the key to this? These commandments will be on your heart. So we internalize the instruction of God and then we just live our lives and we let it flow out and we teach in those informal everyday moments. And probably that's the more powerful of the two, formal and informal. We just do the uh, Deuteronomy 6 thing, walking and talking. Here's a, a dad who um, was somewhere between formal and informal. But this dad was uh, in the service and he was uh, deployed to Afghanistan. Army Staff Sergeant Philip Gray. And before he was deployed, he wrote 270 messages for his seven-year-old daughter, one for each day that he would be uh, deployed. He wanted to make sure that he communicated with his da daughter and le let her know that he was, uh, she was always on his mind. So he wrote notes for his daughter, Rosie, to encourage her to do her best at school, to excel in activities, her hobbies. And his wife, uh, Kirsten, said he was very big on feel-good words and encouragement uh, with our daughter. He always made sure to tell her how smart she was, uh, how she could run fast in PE. Things like that would make her very happy. When Philip Gray left home on October 7th, 2019, uh, he was gone and the mother, his wife, would put one of those notes in the daughter's lunchbox every day. Isn't this a, a nice idea? 
he's teaching, he's communicating, he is bringing her up in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. You might have your own ideas, but I liked that idea of uh, how to obey and fulfill this command. So the command says uh, to, to feel free and encouraged, even commanded to warn them. Don't hesitate from doing this. Now, you've you got to do it with the right tone and the right timing, but take your cue from the book of Proverbs. Think of how Proverbs are written from a father to a son or a parent to, to a child. Uh, Proverbs warns the son about debt. It warns about laziness. It warns about a, a loose tongue. It warns about bad commandments. It warns about the adulteress. Lots of verses on that. And so that's the kind of parenting that Ephesians and Colossians probably has in mind. Instruction, warning, uh, counseling, even admonishing. Well, we do this, we do the, we obey this command with N-D-I-N, instruction, but also D, and that is the discipline of the Lord, right? Bring your kids up in the discipline of the Lord. This means training, education. It has connotations or overtones of correction, even chastisement and punishment. But the idea is training and upbringing. And this is the command of God. Discipline your kids. Now, there's lots of room for personal convictions on how to do that and cultural, you know, ways of disciplining our kids. It doesn't get into specifics on how to do that. It just says, do it. Discipline your kids. Train them, uh, even if necessary, uh, 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 to, to chastise or to, to uh, withhold privileges, uh, but bring them up in this way. You have to love your child to do this, don't you? Why don't we? Why don't we obey this command to bring up the kids and discipline them? Well, uh, we're lazy because it takes work to do this. Uh, in my own case, I, I think at times I was afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of my child? You know, you don't want to rock the boat and cause, you know, interpersonal tension. And so I didn't love him enough to do what God says, bring them up in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. Okay, there we have uh, the teaching uh, from just a couple of verses, and we've only just scratched uh, the surface. We haven't said anything about uh, bringing up really older kids, teenagers and older. We haven't said anything about adult children's relationship to their parents and how we were supposed to honor our parents. But the scripture that we've looked at simply says, don't XD, <laughs> but do ND. Uh, the instruction and the discipline of the Lord. That's the way God parents us. And that's the life that he has put in us. The acceptance and the grace and the truth and the courage. That's our life in Christ. We are in the Lord. This parenting is tough, and I know that. But take heart, because as uh, the preacher uh, E.V. Hill said, he's referring to 
the uh, shepherd's staff in Moses' hand. It's just an old staff. And, but with that staff, he did miracles. Um, E.V. Hill says, uh, God can take a crooked stick and do miracles with it. So from one crooked stick to another, take heart because God is with you. And unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Those who stay up way late and watch the whole night through. But with the Lord, in the Lord, we can fulfill this teaching. Do not exti, do indi your kids. Heavenly Father, help us to do this. Help us obey your word and to yield to you and follow you and ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.